What was once one of the world's biggest Bitcoin exchanges, Mt. Gox, has filed for bankruptcy protection in Japan. The unregulated exchange admitted to losing 850,000 Bitcoins worth more than $450 million. Mt. Gox's chief executive, Mark Capelles, blamed the loss on hacking into its faulty computer system. The company is considering filing a criminal complaint as it believes there's a high likelihood that Bitcoins were stolen. Six hacks. $475 million. One question. How? Ultimate catastrophe. How Mt. Gox lost half a billion dollars and nearly killed Bitcoin by Mark Hunter. Relive the birth, growth, and extraordinary death of Mt. Gox with the help of those who built it, used it, and investigated its demise. Ultimate Catastrophe by Mark Hunter. Out November 27th. Hi, it's Mark here. What you're about to hear is a sample chapter of my new book, Ultimate Catastrophe, How Mt. Gox Lost Half a Billion Dollars and Nearly Killed Bitcoin. As the title suggests, it's a history of the birth, growth and shocking demise of Mt. Gox in 2014, detailing what was going on behind the scenes as the exchange lurched from crisis to crisis before eventually capitulating, having lost more than 880,000 Bitcoin over three years. The book is out on Monday 27th of November in hardback, paperback and ebook formats and you can win yourself a signed copy through my Gleam promotion. See the link in the description. Thanks for your time and I hope you enjoy what you hear. Chapter 10. Collapse With nobody willing to bail out Mt Gox, the Monday 24th of February deadline imposed by the bankruptcy court rapidly approaching and the executives of the other top exchanges preparing to spill the beans on what was going down, Carpolis went into the weekend knowing that he needed a miracle to save the company and his skin. There was already talk of a class action lawsuit against him on Bitcoin forums, although he knew this would be the least of his worries if he couldn't replace his customers' deposits. Carpolis spent the weekend in dialogue with various individuals, including Charlie Schrem, who had been kicked off the Bitcoin Foundation board following his arrest on 26th of January on money laundering charges related to Bitcoin. The pair tried to think up a way to extricate Carpolis and Mt. Gox from the waves that threatened to engulf them. Every avenue failed, however, and late on Sunday, the first domino fell. Effective immediately, Mt. Gox has submitted their resignation from the board of directors. We are grateful for their early and valuable contributions as a founding member in launching the Bitcoin Foundation. Mt. Gox Co. Limited, Japan, held one of the three elected industry member seats. Further details, including election procedures, will be forthcoming. Schrem lauded the resignation, saying that following lengthy conversations with Carpolis and the Mt. Gox team, he predicted good news on the horizon for people who have funds stuck on Mt. Gox, leading to speculation that a takeover was in the offing. When Coindesk reported the falling of the second and third dominoes late on Sunday night, however, the potential for good news took a massive hit. Mt. Gox has removed all posts from its official Twitter feed. Readers started noticing the missing tweets just a short time after CEO Mark Carpolis resigned his seat on the Bitcoin Foundation's board of directors. 
Indeed, car police had followed Mt. Gox off the Bitcoin Foundation board and the exchange had wiped its entire Twitter feed with no warning or reason given, sending Bitcoin forums into meltdown. Multiple theories were given for the wiping, ranging from a potential rescue and rebrand to the latest sign that the exchange was on the verge of collapse. A Bitcoin Talk poll found that the majority of voters, 43%, believed that Mt. Gox was dead in the water, while 35% believed that it would survive. As Monday dawned, Mt. Gox customers held their breath and waited. At the same time as Carpolese and Shrem were trying Hail Mary phone calls to save Mt. Gox, Ryan Selkis was walking his dog when his phone notified him of an incoming email from Bitcoin angel investor Ben Davenport. Davenport said he needed to talk to Selkis urgently about the Mt. Gox situation. Selkis called him, where he was told something extraordinary. Mt. Gox was short around 745,000 bitcoins. Selkis was initially dismissive, but Davenport said he had proof, which he emailed over. Once home, Selkis opened this email to find a document attached. It was the crisis strategy draft. Selkis read through the document but found the stated losses so staggering he initially considered it a fake. After all, everyone knew Mt. Gox was incompetent, but surely it hadn't been that incompetent. However, after ringing around purported other recipients of the document and receiving vague non-answers as opposed to outright denials, Selkis realised that it was almost certainly true. Mt. Gox had lost nearly half a billion dollars worth of bitcoins. But worse, it hadn't told anyone. Selkis wasn't sure what to do with the information, wondering if he should post the document in its entirety or seek more thorough clarification of its authenticity first. Should he even post it at all, given that it would mark the exchange's death knell? Whatever he was going to do, he realised he would have to do it soon. Mt. Gox was due to post a company update in a matter of hours where it might try and once again reassure customers rather than telling them the truth. Alternatively, Carpolis could do a runner with what was left in the kitty. Selkis sold his Bitcoin holdings, uploaded the crisis strategy draft and penned a hasty blog post under his pen name, 2BitIdiot, reaffirming that the document was unverified but that he believed it to be true. Selkis signed off the post by saying, This is catastrophic and I'm sorry to share this. I do believe that this is one of the existential threats to Bitcoin that many have feared and have personally sold all of my Bitcoin holdings through Coinbase. To do so and not to give you the same information would be dishonest and immoral. I am a risk-tolerant investor, but I believe this will be catastrophic for Bitcoin, both as a currency and as a fledgling industry. If this is a hoax, it is one that I am fully blindsided by. I fear, however, that it is not. The blog post and the crisis strategy draft flew around the Bitcoin community, leading to fervent debate about its merits. Selkis was praised and pilloried in equal measure, with a few hopefuls praying that Mt. Gox would deny that the document was genuine and that the exchange hadn't suffered anything like that level of loss. The numbers were breathtaking, too large for many to comprehend, with many simply in denial and for a good reason. It wasn't just any old Bitcoins that had gone missing, it was their Bitcoins. The idea that their holdings might have been wiped out under the noses of the custodians was unthinkable for many, who clung to any slivers of hope they could, rather than face that prospect. 
Once again, Mount Gox left an informational vacuum at the worst possible time, keeping the communication shutters firmly pulled down in the wake of the leaking of the crisis strategy draft and leaving the Bitcoin and non-Bitcoin world to debate its content and merits. Naturally, the rumour mill went into overdrive, with Carpoli's silence on Monday 24th attributed to him having gone to ground with hundreds of millions of dollars in customer funds. Those who had predicted Mt. Gox's downfall waited for confirmation of the same, but the few that retained hope pointed to an interesting fact. The crisis strategy draft featured a timeline which stated that, should a buyer emerge, the exchange would be shut down for one month for rebranding from Tuesday 25th of February. Optimists argued that the Twitter clearout could be related to this rebrand, a belief that was reinforced when it emerged that CarPlease had snapped up the domain www.gox.com, the name for the rebranded entity, on the 24th. Everything was starting to point towards a buyout, at least for those who were determined to see it that way. This contingent even saw his stepping down from the Bitcoin Foundation and lack of comment on the events as a natural part of the succession process which the document also said was to take place on the 25th. The fact of the matter was, however, that Carpoli's role with the Bitcoin Foundation had been rendered moot by this point, given that he was hardly ever in contact with the other members and had never gone to a Bitcoin Foundation conference outside Tokyo. His position had become almost ceremonial, and the ceremony was well and truly over. Carpoli's, too, still retained hope, at least publicly. In an online chat with New York-based Bitcoin consultant John Fisher late on the 24th, Carpoli's opined that he had not given up on Mt. Gox, saying, Giving up is not a part of how I usually do things. He even posted a picture of his keyboard, with his beloved cat, Tiban, also in shot and seemingly assisting with the efforts. Carpoli said that he could not disclose whether or not he had stepped down as CEO of Mt. Gox, although at this point the question seemed like a fait accompli. He added that the crisis strategy draft posted by Selkis was, more or less, legitimate, ending the argument that had sprung up since its publication that Selkis had been duped or had created it himself, and also confirmed the massive Bitcoin loss. In an attempt to keep the flame burning as long as possible, Carpolis defined customers' funds as temporarily unavailable rather than lost, although at this point the only person he was kidding was himself. As 25th of February dawned in Tokyo, the Bitcoin world waited for any sign that the exchange was either doomed or saved. They got it at around 11am, 10pm in New York, when a statement was published by the CEOs of six major cryptocurrency exchanges, including Kraken's Jesse Powell, Bitstamp CEO Nitz Kodrich, and Coinbase founders Fred Ayrsham and Brian Armstrong. The statement, titled Joint Statement Regarding Mt. Gox, didn't say outright that Mt. Gox was insolvent, but the authors distanced themselves from the exchange and its operations, calling its collapse a tragic violation of trust. The CEOs added, As with any new industry, there are certain bad actors that need to be weeded out, and that is what we are seeing today. The statement had in fact initially been titled Joint Statement Regarding the Insolvency of Mt. Gox, but seeing as the exchange hadn't publicly filed for bankruptcy yet, this was ruled premature. Nevertheless, this was merely a technicality. A spokesman for the group told CNBC that Mt. Gox had confirmed its intention to file for bankruptcy that morning. Having teetered on the edge of a cliff for so long, the speed with which Mt. Gox finally plummeted caught many by surprise. 
Within minutes of the statement being published, Mt. Gox suspended trading on its site and then took it offline entirely, leaving visitors greeted by nothing but a blank page. Even those wearing the most rose-tinted of glasses realised that the end was now near. Sure enough, several hours later, Mt. Gox confirmed the worst when it came back online with a simple, terse statement on its homepage. In the event of recent news reports and the potential repercussions on Mt. Gox's operations and the market, a decision was taken to close all transactions for the time being in order to protect the site and our users. We will be closely monitoring the situation and will react accordingly. For many, this confirmation came as something of a relief. After months of tension and guessing games, everybody finally knew the truth. Mt. Gox was gone.